Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. But you know what? When you and I take up this call and we talk about abortion, if we speak about it in church, we're told we're too political. If we speak about it in the political arena, we're told we're too religious. If we speak about it in the world of the media, it's too disturbing. In the world of business, it's too distracting. In the world of education, it's too controversial. In the streets, it's too disruptive. So abortion, if abortion is wrong, where do we go to say so? We go into the churches, we go into politics, into the media, into business, into education, and into the streets. Some churches, some churches haven't wanted, got, wanted to get involved in political hassles with the government. So they've been silent on abortion. They didn't want to get involved in hassles from the government. They didn't want to take the fight to the government. So now with the HHS mandate, the government took the fight to them. And when it comes to that mandate, we've got a simple message for this administration. We will obey God rather than men. Well, of course, that was a nice memory. (laughs) And of course, for those that are tuning in, this is the day we are going to announce who are the winners for January. I hope you'll be there at Constitution Hall. The day of the March for Life. The day of the March for Life, January, Friday, January 19th. Uh, The service starts at uh, 8.30 sharp, but the hall opens at 7 a.m. We'll have a mass. Uh, A Catholic mass is at 7.30. And then at 8 o'clock, we have beautiful music plays. And 8.30 sharp, the prayer service starts, and you're out by 10.30. You can plenty of time to get down to the mall right. for the rally. Uh, for the so March it's one life. of our favorite days. Yeah. And, you know, to, to <laughs> you know, and we've been awarding this Pro-Life Award for many years. Many years. Many, many years. <laughs> decades, in fact. But we want to help. Uh, we want to welcome one of our pastoral associates, one of our priests, right. to help us make this announcement. It's Father David Begany. Right. And, in fact, uh, Father David, welcome uh, to the broadcast. And you were in that clip. I don't know if you recognize you yourself. Yeah, I was trying to see when it was. I, I did see when I saw 2000. Yeah, I saw. I was still a seminarian then. There yes, you go. There you you go. were right there. Right. You were right there with us. Well, you've been, of course, connected with us since, I guess, 2006 or right. 2006. Or so. Yeah. Uh, and now you're a priest on our pastoral team. You were just at a conference uh, for us that actually is going to intersect. Yeah. With our first announcement, our first yes, honoree. Uh, yeah. now, now, our purpose in giving this is called the National Pro-Life Recognition Award. Right. It is jointly bestowed by Priests for Life and the National Pro-Life Religious Council, That's right. which is another organization and the boards, that I lead. The boards meet and they consider several people. Right. And then they come to a decision and a vote. And so we're going to be announcing now... Uh, this year's honorees for January. All right. And hint, hint, hint. 
The first honoree is someone that you, Father David Begany, just saw this past weekend. Oh, and let me think. Uh, the diocese. What's the diocese? Oh, I think you were in that part of Texas. Um, Tyler, Texas. There you go. That's right. Yeah. So okay. we can we can guess who that is. Yes. <laughs> None other than the brave Bishop Strickland, and recently Bishop Joseph Strickland. Joseph Strickland. Yep, Tyler. Congratulations. Right. Amen. Amen. Listen, many are applauding in their minds and hearts because That's even right. though he's just bishop of that one diocese, his faithfulness to the teachings of Christ and to the moral law and to the unborn have resonated worldwide. Well, he reminds me of the, the cardinal that ordained you, Father Cardinal O'Connor. Yes, O'Connor. Because he has that vision like Cardinal O'Connor, the world is my parish. And, you know, I have to help the, the pro-life movement all over. Because that's what he does by his courage. And recently you got to speak to him to tell him about this award, right? I sure did. So let's take a look at that clip right now. Bishop Strickland. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to our broadcast. I'm joined here by our pastoral associate, Father David Begany. Father, good to have you with good us. Good to be with you, Father. And uh, friends, uh, we are privileged today to have a brief conversation with Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, and I'm very happy to let you know the reason why we've invited the bishop to come on today. Because every year at the National March for Life, the morning of the march, uh, we hold the National Prayer Service at Constitution Hall, and we bestow an award there called the National Pro-Life Recognition Award. Now, this is bestowed by Priests for Life and also the National Pro-Life Religious Council, an interdenominational pro-life effort. And this year, among those we are honoring is Bishop Strickland. So, Bishop, we are so happy to give you this award uh, this coming January, and we're so grateful for your witness to the sanctity of life and to the rights of the unborn. Thank you for being with us for a few moments today. Thank you very much. Um, I'm, I couldn't be honored more than to be honored for respecting the, the precious gift of life that God has given us. And the people who are going to be at that um, uh, service and who are going to see this broadcast uh, are just, they're so thirsting for leadership. And uh, that is such a need of our time, isn't it? I mean, the teaching is clear, but it requires courageous shepherds to, uh, to articulate that teaching. Absolutely. As, um, as you, we all know, there's been discussion among the bishops about whether it's a, a preeminent issue and uh, it is, absolutely. I, I really believe that the sanctity of life is the issue of our time, and especially the, the sanctity of the life of the unborn, because they're the most of everything, most vulnerable, the weakest, um, the most helpless. Uh, and so it is the issue of our time. And we're seeing, sadly, so many in the spectrum of what the church teaches clearly, but does need to be spoken more clearly and more vigorously, the sanctity of life from conception to natural death along that spectrum. As And I know I'm, I'm not saying anything that you're not aware of at Priests for Life, but along that spectrum, life is being attacked almost at every turn. And so when we lose the sanctity of the life of the unborn, as I've said many times, then everyone's vulnerable. And sadly, we're seeing that vulnerable reality for really every human being in the world at this time. 
Uh, Bishop, uh, are the U.S. bishops planning any particular program now to, uh, you know, reinforce this, uh, uh, you know, the sanctity of human life as the preeminent issue? Or are they still debating whether or not they want to make that a formal policy? Um, Father, I'm not aware of any initiative. Uh, it, it may be happening. I, I would love it if it was, but I certainly am not aware of, of any real focused initiative to underscore uh, the preeminent truth of the sanctity of the life of the unborn. Um, I just don't see that's where the focus of the bishops in this country is. Uh, it needs to be, in my opinion, but I don't see that focus. But if the, the shepherds aren't leading, then we just have to continue to encourage every shepherd that is. And thankfully, there are some that are very strong and and mainly, you know, the flock, the, the faithful um, at every opportunity, the faithful have to to stand for the sanctity of life and to really recognize it as the issue as I'm sure the three of us have, have said many times in many ways, if you're not, if you don't manage to be born, then all the other issues, economic and equality, all the issues that are significant, but you don't starve to death if you're already dead in the womb. Uh, and so we've got to really emphasize to humanity that great gift from God. And that's, that's part of the issue that, really isn't being tackled as well as life comes from God. Too many people are claiming there is no God or ignoring God's commandments. And so the the reality is 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 pretty dark. Uh, we're always hopeful. We know that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the son of God. His light is as powerful as ever. But getting back to your question, Father, I believe as shepherds, as successors of the apostles, we should be a mighty roar of the truth of the sanctity of life. Instead, we're uh, muddled and too quiet and too many contradictory voices um, and not strong voices with clarity and charity, as I like to say. Well, no, I, I was just going to thank you for uh, your witness for the unborn and the other bishops who are, you know, standing with you. And we, we know there are several others. And certainly, you know, we as the lady uh, or <laughs> we in the clergy and the lady, we, you know, we take encouragement from our leaders. And certainly we encourage all bishops to be more vocal on this. And if they're vocal on this, then it's going to assist them with the other things they're concerned with as well. Yes. Uh, well, you know, Bishop, I've been saying to people lately, you know, as we see all this transgender uh, nonsense also, and you know, we've arrived at a point where people can't even say a man is a man or a woman is a woman. And I've said to people, maybe that's because for 50 years we've been saying a baby's not a baby. It's the same denial of reality, of creation, of God's truth written into the human body itself. And I know you've spoken out about the, all this transgender. Uh, it's a form of tyranny, really, and it leads to a lot of attack on our on our on our religious freedom, on our Catholic values, on our students in in the schools. Um, what is your word of encouragement to the faithful uh, as uh, as we as we continue on the on the path of restoring protection to the unborn, of uh, of seeing all these attacks really as part of one really demonic plan? 
Well, absolutely. And the encouragement that I would give is it just so happens that we have just celebrated the 30th anniversary of one of the finest documents ever produced by the church, Veritatis Splendor, written by Pope St. John Paul II 30 years ago, promulgated on the Feast of the Transfiguration 30 years ago. Um, I would encourage all who are looking for hope, looking for clarity, to reread Veritatis Splendor. It, the splendor of truth really is what we have to remember. The splendor of every human life from conception to natural death, the splendor of every aspect of the human journey when we are following God's plan and God's light for us. So the hope that I would encourage people to see is we still have the truth. It, the truth has been revealed to us. It's been documented in Veritatis Splendor, really brings it together. We've got to hold fast to the truth that that document speaks of. No matter what voices come in our time and try to contradict and water down and change that truth, we know that the truth, the real truth, is unchanging. And it, we can always go deeper, absolutely. But we don't turn in the opposite direction and say, that's the development of truth. It's just, mm. it's not even logical. And Veritatis Splendor makes that very clear. And I think we all need to stay very close to that guiding document as more and more questions come up. And as you say, the, the tyranny of lies, I guess if I've heard this in many aspects of our society, if you keep lying long enough, you can get away with it. You just, you keep lying. And if you don't have powers that are saying, we're demanding the truth, then politically, in the church, in every aspect of society, people are, it is a tyranny of lies that so, so many people who really need to be guided and don't know the solid truth that we have, um, it really does be, become a tyranny that's devastating for human society. Well, Bishop, we want to thank you for uh, spending a few minutes with us today. Congratulations on receiving this uh, award. We're honored to be able to give it to you because we know that it is an encouragement to the body of Christ, both, both in the Catholic uh, community, but well beyond as well. People are benefiting from your voice, your leadership, your encouragement. So we want to thank you, and uh, we look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you, and God bless you for your great work for the, the sanctity of life. Okay, thank you, Bishop. See you again. Wonderful. Bye, what? great. <coughs> yeah, that was terrific. And of course, we can't wait till January then, of course, and you wanna plan you know, with your bus trips or your trip to Washington, make sure that you're planning to come to Constitution Hall uh, on January 19th, the morning of the march, you can the doors open at 7 a.m. sharp. Mass is at 7:30. Prayer service starts promptly at 8:30, and we have you out by 10:30. Plenty of time to get to the rally. Father David, what are your thoughts? You were just with Bishop Strickland. Uh, yeah, he, you know he is a a very humble and gracious leader. You know, I, I I introduced myself to him on the opening night, and I had met him once or twice down here in Houston, but he was very um, warm. You know, open. Uh, I wasn't putting him out and um, he was very gracious. And then um, I took one or two other pictures of him and um, just a very, uh, 
humble man. And I met uh, Deacon Keith uh, Fournier, I think whom you know, and we were talking a little bit and he said, yeah, he really is a, a humble man. And, um, you know, uh, really doing God's work there in, in Tyler and, and for the church. Well, you know, I've often said, uh, Father David and Janet, you've heard me say this, that humility enables us to be faithful to the word. Right. Because we know that it's not about us receiving criticism or receiving praise. It's not up to us to edit or tone down the word of God. The humble servant is going to be the faithful proclaimer of the whole truth. That's and right. that's when humility <laughs> and that kind of boldness right. go well together. <clears throat> well, we've got another recipient. We certainly do. And this is a young, dynamic pro-life leader who had an idea and said, I wonder if this, if I can make this happen. You know, he talked about having a sanctuary city for the unborn. Now picture this, uh, this, this gentleman too, he comes from Texas and other Texas. Oh, it's so, Texas so time. The state of Texas, you guys should be very proud. <laughs> they better be getting those buses uh, amped up to come, right? And Father Father David, you better get a, a bus going too from Houston, right? Okay, <laughs> definitely, definitely, sure. Because it's like Texas pride captain now. That's right. <clears throat> And, you know, even though uh, Texas, since the overruling of Roe, has been very favorable in this progress of outlawing abortion, he thought of this even before that and said, why can't we get a county or a town to, or, or a small area to say, you know what, we're going to pass an ordinance in our town to say abortion is not allowed here yeah, anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was a great idea. He sought legal advice and he's been doing it all across the country, even in blue states which I think is miraculous, where they're killing babies to birth. He's getting these sanctuary cities. So, of course, our other recipient, another proud Texan, is Mark Lee Dixon, the founder of Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. We're very, very happy about this. And, uh, and let's... You, uh, yeah, you, recently you, you had a chance to chat with him, too. Yeah, let's let him share his vision now with uh, all of us. Well, friends, we are so happy in this special broadcast to be joined now by Mark Lee Dixon. Uh, he serves as the director of Right to Life of East Texas. We've been together out there in that part of the world and uh, also has founded the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn movement. So, Mark, welcome back to our headquarters. Great to be and here. And we want to congratulate you because we're just announcing here on this broadcast that you are one of the recipients of our annual National Pro-Life Recognition Award. So we are very happy to be able to give that to you January of 2024 because of the great work that you've done with the Sanctuary Cities. Well, it's a great honor. So deeply appreciative of that. And, you know, this work, we, we all have to, to work together to end abortion in America. And we couldn't do the Sanctuary City for the Unborn Initiative without uh, the help of great organizations like Priests for Life. Well, you know, that's one of the great things about uh, any, really, I've noticed any successful project in the movement or, or successful advance for the unborn, it always seems to be something that it does involve the wide pro-life body Absolutely. of citizens that we have. And this in particular, don't you find it ties into that that thirst for people to be able to make a difference at the local level? Washington, D.C. seems very far away and is in many ways very far away powerful deep dark state people say how can i influence that but explain to us for those that especially that are not familiar with it how sanctuary cities uh, as a movement really gives people some local control about Absolutely. protecting the unborn 
So the Sanctuary City for the Unborn initiative, at the root, it starts Amos 5.15, to hate evil, yeah. to love good, and to establish justice within the city gates. Within the city, right. Okay. And perhaps the Lord, the God of hosts, be gracious on the remnant of Joseph. Growing up, I always heard in churches that if you want to get something done on abortion, you take care of it in Austin and Washington, D.C. And that's not what Amos 5.15 says. Mm -hmm. uh, it says to hate evil, love good, and establish justice within the city gate. Yes. Now, obviously, I'm not giving up on doing work in state capitals and the nation's capital. Right. We still need to do work there, just like we need to do work at other places. But the local level is where we've forsaken. And if we take back our cities, we can take back our counties, we can take back our state, and we can take back America. So this is really legislation on the most local level, right? These are, Absolutely. explain what, what's the nature of these, these initiatives. Are there ordinances that cover a particular city? Explain that more. So these ordinances uh, cover the, the incorporated cities, and then the county ordinances cover the unincorporated parts of the county. And they, to varying degrees, uh, address abortion in, as much as we can in that area. Mm -hmm. Here in Texas, uh, what we're doing is abortion trafficking ordinances. Okay. So there's still work to be done even in Texas. Right. Because we're seeing what's happening with the abortion assistance groups paying for abortions across the, the border. And so we go as far as we can go to truly work at ending abortion in America. Mm -hmm. The Texas ordinances right now, they're having an impact in places like New Mexico and Colorado. And that's the way it should be, that Texas has got a Texas. Uh, we've got to keep on keeping on. Um, you know, Texas is viewed as a leader in pro-life legislation. And I want to make sure we keep being a leader in pro-life legislation. Right, right. Uh, we all have to do our part. So in a state where abortions are generally legal, maybe there's some limit later in pregnancy, um, what would a, uh, a sanctuary city be saying? Basically, no abortion in our city? Well, no abortion in our city, but then also going further to say, like Mitchell County recently in Texas, they said, uh, in the unincorporated parts, the roads and the runways cannot be used for abortion trafficking. Oh, okay. And if yeah. there's an attempt to use those for abortion trafficking, then there's this mechanism where those abortion traffickers can be sued into oblivion. Now, how do the lawyers uh, that help you, because obviously you, you, there needs to be a lot of legal input into this, how do they explain how this works in this sense? that? People might ask, well, wait a minute, if abortion is legal in our state, how can it not be legal in that particular city? Is it because the local government can go further in protecting the unborn than the, than the state government? Right. Now, in states where it's illegal, like Texas, of course, we, we have some, some, some room to, to go further on some things. Now, in s states where it's uh, legal for abortion, like... Um, New Mexico and Colorado, right. Illinois, Out of control. Right. Uh, yeah. they have unrestricted. Uh, absolutely, they have legislation that, that prohibits cities from passing ordinances. Okay, we've got to be careful there. Yeah, and so the ordinances there, where 
in states where abortion is deemed as, as legal, mm-hmm. uh, we are re- passing ordinances which I call de facto abortion bans. Mm-hmm. They accomplish the same purpose, but they are uh, requiring compliance to federal statutes known as the Comstock Act, which right. was passed in 1873, prohibits the mailing and receiving of abortion-inducing drugs okay. and abortion paraphernalia. And so we know that federal law trumps state laws and state constitutions. Yeah. And so uh, while a state government may say you can't pass ordinances outlawing abortion, how dare the state government try to even say you can't require compliance with federal with law? With a federal law, yeah. So in other words, the bottom line is that these sanctuary um, cities these ordinances that are crafted and then voted upon, uh, and they're usually voted upon by the city council, right? Correct. Usually, right. Are very, very custom-made. I've heard you make this point in, 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 the, in the past. It's not one-size-fits-all. It's custom-made. You've got to take into account what state are you in. You've got to take into account other factors, therefore the good legal advice. But then it always involves in some way the participation of the people, right? They Absolutely. have to make their voices heard, maybe to their city council men and women, right, that they don't want. They don't want an abortion facility opening up in their town or they don't want various laws being violated in order to kill the unborn. And that's where you've seen a great response, haven't you? It's motivated Absolutely. people. And, and we don't just go anywhere. Uh, we have an online petition mm-hmm. and we have people go and sign that online petition so that we know where the interest is. Right Now, we don't use that information for anything other than getting a pulse of this is where we need to go next. And we see sometimes people share their story, they have abortion stories, Uh, they share why they want to see this Mm -hmm. become a reality in their community. Mm -hmm. And it's very moving, but we, encourage those people to show up to those council meetings yes and to to share their story and, and there's times that just recently in Lano Texas uh-huh. a a man shared that he played a role in abortion and it completely traumatized his uh, you know he's carried this for his entire life yeah that may have been the first time he publicly shared that story and yeah. You know, we're seeing more and more men and women uh, here at these council meetings share for the first time with hopes that mm. that the Lord would use their story of 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 the horrible decision that they made, and then how they've dealt with it afterwards um, to to really change the hearts and minds of those leaders and maybe allow their vote to be in favor of the ordinance because right, of that right. testimony. Yeah, that's where our The Silent No More movement comes in, Absolutely. overlaps with efforts like you're making. So, friends, I hope this inspires you get to give a better idea of the sanctuary cities for the unborn. And you can see, as Mark is explaining this to you and the fruits of it, why we have chosen him for uh, this uh, Pro-Life Recognition Award. We want to encourage works and movements like this, like a movement within the movement. And we want you to be part of it, too. Where can they go to connect with this movement? So uh, two websites we have, sanctuarycitiesfortheunborn.com 
is where they can go specifically if they're interested in the Sanctuary City for the Unborn initiative. They can sign the petition and see abortion outlawed in their city. In their city. Now, if they're in a city that maybe it's like an Austin or a San Francisco. Yeah, right. Uh, the likelihood of abortion being outlawed in those communities um, by a local ordinance, it's, it's a stretch, right? Right. Uh, so there's another website, markleedixon.com. Okay. And what that is for, it's for I'll come out and I'll share some stories of courage that I found among council members and mayors throughout the, the movement mm -hmm. and some words of encouragement to, to help people rise up yeah. and uh, to, to get in those places of mayor, city council, school board, etc. Uh, and so from a very different angle, but it all, it's the same kind of mission uh, we've got to take back our cities. And acclaim all of them. That's right. Absolutely. That's and they can, right. they can contact me through that website. We MarkLeeDixon.com. have a lot of different resources there of um, other things I've been involved in, too, like the defamation suit of saying abortion, uh, when I said abortion is murder and got sued for it. And, you know, we can stand up and have courage. We can't. We don't have to back down. We don't no, have to cower right. to the, right. the woke left. And we can't let them keep criminalizing speech, which is a, a, a big, big national challenge we have right now. So thanks, Mark. Congratulations once again. We look forward Thank to uh, uh, January the 19th, Friday morning, the day of the March for Life, being with you. Uh, we're also honoring Bishop Strickland, as you know, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you, brothers and sisters. And uh, we'll go back to our main program. Uh, and pe people know Mark, uh, you know, in the pro-life movement and, of course, Bishop Strickland. Uh, and so our idea of coming together, you know, we, we want to fill that Constitution Hall so that right. they can see with their own eyes the gratitude of the people. That's uh, right. And, and, you know, we always ask our awardees to uh, hang around, have some time for conversation, pictures and, oh, and sure. things like that. And, you know, I think that's a good challenge, though. If, uh, if a sanctuary city was formed in your town or county... Uh, maybe you need to have a representative there. Come to, on out. Come on right, out and right. thank Mark in person. Exactly. Or if you want one to happen. Or if you want one to happen, <laughs> there. Yeah, we might have some <laughs> other special guests that day, too, at the prayer service. So we'll announce more as we plan. As we get closer. We things, but they but, can go to nationalprayerservice.com. Uh, right. Let us know if your bus is coming. It's, there's no charge, but we do want to kind of get how many buses are coming and how many people. So right. let us know. And Father, any more comments from you about it? Well, no. Well, no. It's fascinating to find out about uh, Mark's work, uh, uh, Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn. I, I hadn't heard about that. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit more. But you know, certainly, if we can have sanctuary cities for men and women who are searching for better opportunities in the United States and come across illegally, we 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 certainly ought to have them for the unborn and and hopefully. Um, those who embrace the dignity of, of, of men and women searching for a better lives will embrace the dignity of the unborn as well um, right. and support them too. Well, thank you, uh, Father David, for joining us. And of course, we'll see you real soon at headquarters when you come down periodically to do more programming and meetings with us. So, uh, and thank you for being part of our pastoral team. Well, thanks for letting me be part of it. And, uh, it's it was uh, it's, it's good to be involved and and of course to work with you and and father and the whole staff okay god bless uh, god bless you too
All well, right. So uh, <clears throat> nationalprayerservice.com, like you said, where the engines are rolling now for uh, preparing for that big day and for the That's March right. for Life and all the other things we do in conjunction with the March for Life. The Silent No More testimonies right. at the conclusion of the march. And then this year again, the very next day, I'll be hopping on a plane and going to the West Coast, West Coast for the Walk, walk for, life. for Life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, well, we hope to see you in D.C. Make your plans now and let come. us know you're going to be there. We'll see you then. Thanks right. and God bless. God bless you, friend. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.